If you're an executive, entrepreneur, seasoned investor, or just a student of the game, you'll love The Great Fail, Adweek's Entrepreneurship Podcast of the Year, a show that artfully uncovers some of the biggest fails in business history and how it might have been prevented. The Great Fail is entertaining, informative, and told through a true crime narrative in under 30 minutes that keeps you at the edge of your seats. So check out The Great Fail wherever you get your podcast. From teaching the art of podcasting at USC to launching Cloud 10 Media, Sim Sarna is no stranger to launching podcasts. In this episode, Nathan Spell and I were very excited to sit down and pick Sim's brain on developing compelling podcast content, how to get started, and having patience during the process. So let's get started. That's the great thing about Sims.com. They grow with you. As much fun as I had, I couldn't wait to get back to my sleep number bed. Yep. I love my third love bras. They're hands down the most comfortable bras I've ever owned. I love making Blue Apron. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's my me time. Sim, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I wanted to start off by diving into your background a bit. I read that you actually teach a class at USC that centers around podcast creation. Thank you so much for bringing that up. That's actually my favorite thing in the world to do. Uh, so yeah, so it's been about three years now. I teach a class called Creating the Hit Podcast. And it's, uh, like I said, third year. And honestly, I went to USC in my favorite classes when I was a film student there were the classes where people from the industry would come in and and uh, impart their wisdom, get, bring in guests from the industry, and offer up internships where you actually can see them, talk to them, feel them, touch them. They're real people that are in the industry. I always wanted to do a class similar, similar to those types of classes. So uh, when the opportunity came about a few years ago, I took advantage of it, and uh, it's it's been amazing. So every class, I bring in a guest from either front of the mic or behind the mic, different genres of podcasts, and we just have a conversation then they actually help the guests and I, we help our students with their podcasts, which become their final projects. And I'm going to be spending the next few hours grading uh, finals, final projects because uh, they just finished and uh, we have uh, we have our, our final wrap up party tomorrow. Our semester is over and uh, looking forward to, uh, to uh, next year. I only teach falls, but, uh, but I love it. And uh, it's my favorite thing. I actually bring in a bunch of interns from, uh, from our class and a couple of them now have uh, full-time jobs. So uh, it's working out, uh, working out as quite as a feeder system as well for us, which is exciting. Just out of curiosity, when they create podcasts, do they have to just do like one episode or do they do like a series for their final project? Well, for the uh, for the final, they actually have to do a full pilot plus a full campaign artwork. They have to submit it through a host. You know, our preferred host is Simplecast. Um, they ha- they 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 have to learn how to pitch the project. Some of them do fake ads. Some of them are doing incredible stuff, audio dramas with real actors. I mean, a few of them are actually carrying on their podcast. Uh, some of my former students who have now graduated are are continuing on their podcast. I know one of them, Victoria Garrick. She has probably twenty thousand downloads on hers, and she's a personal development. Wow. She used to play volleyball for SC and she's doing an incredible job and uh and I think uh yeah Daniela still has hers and she works for me now full-time as well yeah I'm I'm really I really just love working with the university and just really bringing bringing in a ushering in a new group of podcasters it's a lot of fun for me I get a lot out of it yeah that's really cool I wish I wish that that class was offered whenever I was in school that sounds like a (laughs) lot of really cool experience for sure yeah it's been it's been great 
I'm curious, could you maybe talk to us a bit about what made you take the leap into founding Cloud 10? Yeah, well, it's always been my dream. I guess, you know, going back to when I used to produce movies a long time ago, I always wanted to be a studio head of some type. Uh, much easier to become a studio head in podcasting than it is in movies, uh, just especially since the, the costs are much lower. But uh, when I create, I co-created uh, Anna Ferris is Unqualified years ago, five years ago, it ended up being a very popular show. That opened up a bunch of doors for me. And I discovered that I really, truly love the process of working with talented people to create shows. And I want to continue doing that. So now our, 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 uh, Cloud 10, our network, whatever you want to call it, our studio production company. I still don't even know what it's what I consider ourselves. We just we we do it all. But uh, yeah, we have about eight or nine shows now. And uh, we're launching about five or six new shows next year. And we're having a lot of fun and and uh, and we're happy because you know if we can make money and have fun and put out content that we are proud of, then then uh then I think we're all doing a good thing. I was wondering if you can maybe also talk to us a bit about some of the shows that you have on Cloud 10. I know that you're you're working with some really awesome names. How did you transition into working with with some of the the talent that you're working with now? Luckily, I've known a few some of the talent that I've worked like Topher has been a friend of mine for a long time. We do a show called Minor Adventures of Topher Grace. Uh, I've met people just through working in films, the relationships that I've had, I've, I've showed a track, my track record with Unqualified was great for years and, and and that opened up a bunch of doors for me and I met people through Unqualified as well. And then of course, I still had to to win in the room. I mean, I, I'm, I'm up, up against some of the big boys and girls like iHeartRadio mm-hmm. and and uh, Spotify and Podcast One, mm-hmm. people that have, you know, uh, Cadence 13 and, and Midroll, all amazing companies that have money to spend, that I can offer talent some, some real money. So I, I'm always like the, uh, the little guy in there. And so I have to uh, somehow be scrappier and just show that I can somehow compete with those guys. And luckily, luckily, I'm still hanging in there. I'm in the game right now. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that <laughs> my team, we put a lot of personal attention into every single show. We don't have any desire to become a huge network because uh, we want to make sure that we could carefully focus on the shows that we have right now and grow those shows and nurture those shows. Um, we have teams that work on every single episode. And that's something that's really important to me. That's something I learned from from film that you know every single episode for me is uh, is it's important important to respect the listener's time. My students, the first question they'll always ask me in class is, how long should my podcast be? And I always say, it's it's uh, it's whatever length you need it to be. I don't mind if your podcast is an hour and a half, as long as it's an hour and a half that's compelling, that you want to listen to. Just respect the listener's time. And that's why I'm a big advocate of editing. And I'm sitting across from uh, my head of post-production, Josh, right now, who is one of the best editors around. And he works really hard and it's, and it's, it takes a lot of time with it. And I, I think that in a lot of these talk format shows, people don't really take the time to a, develop uh, and research these shows. You know, our, our head of production, Allison, who works on a couple of our bigger shows like Sibling Revelry with Kate Hudson and Oliver Hudson and uh, Sophia Bush's show, Work in Progress. She does a lot of work beforehand to research the show, to book the show, to make sure everything is perfect. That's And before we even get to uh, the actual production part. And then everything in the production, every, yeah. every all of the production has to be smooth. Uh, and then after that, you know, when we take o- when Josh takes over with our producing team for uh, for the editorial, that has to be perfect. And then of course the social media and the release efforts for every single episode have to be perfect as well. I mean, it's just there's a lot that goes into it. I'm leaving out a hundred things. There's a checklist of a hundred or two hundred things <laughs> that we do, including the right tags to make sure that the episode is released the proper way, in our opinion. But we're not the only ones that do it. A lot. There's so many people that do it well. 
It sounds like there's just so many details from start to finish that you guys put a lot of thought and care into. I'm curious, how do you think the actual production quality affects the listenership of a show? I I can tell you personally, even if it's a guest or a show I really want to hear, if I look at the the story notes or the Mm -hmm. episode description, within the first couple of minutes, if the audio quality isn't great, I'm going to turn it off because there's too much yeah. other great content that actually take the time to to do it properly. I, I feel like it doesn't take that much work to set up proper mics, to buy the proper mics, to buy the proper recording mm-hmm. devices. It's not that expensive either. And if you do it the right way, then your editor is going to have a lot less trouble in post-production trying to clean up really bad sound. I think uh, it's, <laughs> a, it's important to have a proper audio and, and it's not that hard to do well. It really isn't. I think it's I think it's lazy if you can't. Honestly, you can take our mobile device, a Zoom H6, take it anywhere, and as long as you can pick the right room, it'll sound like you're in a studio. If you have the right plugins, Josh, are you nodding your head? Yes. If you have the right plugins in Pro Tools or Logic or whatever you want to use to clean up the sound, I know that uh, I know some of our uh, our talent record do their ad reads, the ad reads that you you know provide for us uh, in their closets. You know, in their walk-in closets, because that's, you know, especially if there's some carpet on the ground, you know, it sounds like they're in a studio. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to think about like where podcasting is now. I mean, there's so much competition out there for, you know, listeners' attention. I agree with you. Like if I'm listening to a show and right off the bat, it's, it sounds, you know, poorly produced. It's a turnoff for me, you know? Um, Yeah. I can't make it through. There's too much other great content. There's too much other great content out there. So you're right. You're absolutely right. So one of the questions that we encounter most often from new uh, creative folks out there is, how can I get started in the podcasting space? If you had to pick your top five tips for launching a podcast, what would they be? I, I've, it's for me, it's, it's, it's different. I mean, it's easy to launch a podcast. I think, I think with two taps of a button, there are apps now where you could launch a podcast, but it's another thing to be consistent about it. And that's where people really fall short to do it the right way to to do it every single week and not get frustrated. They don't see the downloads go up. I think pod fade is a, is a word that's going to be in the dictionary one day, I'm sure. Um, even though there are 800,000 whatever registered podcasts I just read, how many of them are actually current where they put out weekly or biweekly or monthly or daily content? I, I, I think that consistency is, is important. That's the first thing. So if you have to make a commitment to it, and then once you have that, then you just have to make sure that you focus on the content. You have to make sure the content is original and getting it out there the right way. The best way to get a podcast out there is through other podcasts. So make sure you can either guest on other podcasts or if you have the money or can raise the money, buy mid-roll ad spots or feed drops into, onto other podcasts. That's a great way to, uh, to promote your show. And a lot of the big networks do that very well. I mean, we do that as well. I think that that's, that's a good place to start. There are no barriers to entry. I, I encourage everyone to start a podcast, even if you're doing it you know, as a hobby, even if it's a brand extension for your job, whether you're a doctor, lawyer, engineer, you can all have branded podcasts or niche podcasts within your sector and you can get a lot, people can get, can get a lot of value out of it. So. That's the other tip I have is make sure that whatever podcast you do put out there, make sure there's a lot of value in that podcast, whatever that value may be. Well, with all the with all the elements that you're talking about that go into creating a podcast, there's obviously there's the idea, there's being consistent and there's the sound. I mean, if you were advising a new podcaster, where would you tell them to really focus at the beginning? developing your voice, meaning not your actual voice, your vocal cords, but figuring out 
what, what if you figuring out what your message is what 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 did it, why are you doing this podcast there needs to be a reason there there has to be a reason and once you figure that out then make sure that you develop the right show the right content and then make sure that there's an audience for it there's a lot of stuff you need to figure out there's so many meetings that i take every day with celebrities that want to start a podcast that have no idea what to do but they think that just because Dak Shepard is making x amount of millions of dollars per year that they can do it too and it's not that easy you know there's it's not that there's it's just because you're a celebrity you can't just go out there and 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 expect to print cash it doesn't work that way and you guys know this there are celebrities that are popping into the space every single day and there are shows of mine that you all have rejected as far as advertising again it's not that easy just because you have millions of followers on Instagram it doesn't mean that you should have a podcast there and you, you there it's it's uh there's a lot that goes into it before you can even you know start that's how I feel I think that's really good advice I think with everyone thinking about podcasts more and you know so many people deciding they want to start you know the advice to really start with like why you want to start a podcast and what it's going to be about is is really really good yes and making money shouldn't be the reason and and I think that's a lot of people think that uh, many people feel that that uh, based on previous success, based on the fact that uh, podcasting is in the news as far as uh, companies coming in and buying up production companies uh, that people feel like they can be ripe for an acquisition or their show could make millions of dollars for a network that could be ripe for an acquisition. I I don't know. I just feel like at this point, even though there are more dollars being poured into podcasting, there are, it's. I still feel like content will always be king and you have to make the right shows with the right hosts. Yeah, I know a lot of people go into it thinking that it's just going to be overnight. And there's a lot of work into planning your content mm-hmm. and in- ensuring that it's engaging. Oh, and here's another tip, patience. People feel that that uh, if they're not seeing results right away, that they're doing something wrong. And sometimes they just need to let the show develop. I, I mean, I can I can think of examples of shows that have finally become successful after after a couple of years. If you're in the game long enough, and then people maybe will discover your content if you continue to put out good, consistent content. Um, I wouldn't wait too long, but uh, there, you know, at, at a certain point, you'll know. <laughs> you'll know if you should leave the game. So I'm curious, how do your hosts feel about incorporating ad reads into their episodes? Some hosts love love it. They love the fact that uh, they have that connection with their audience. So if it's a product that they believe in and, and they could speak to the uh, product authentically and, uh, and then, and of course, if you guys see the conversion, then, everyone, then everyone's happy. And I think that the brands are happy, and you guys can tell me this, when, when they get uh, a real endorsement out of a host, because uh, then, it, then it feels like they're really getting a bargain, especially considering the fact that these celebrities make you know, tons of money uh, through Instagram and public appearances and whatnot. But uh, if you get big talent to really speak about a product authentically, you know, then, then everyone's happy. The brands are happy, the, the, the talent is happy, and, and of course the listener is happy because they have a product that everyone loves. I, I don't really love the ads where, where the hosts don't really put much into it. Maybe they'll, they'll just read the copy straight and then it just becomes completely generic. You know, it's, it's copy that you've heard on, on every other podcast that you listen to. So, and then of course, you know, then you guys aren't happy because you don't, you don't see conversions on the performance. And then, uh, and then of course I have to have that conversation with, with the talent saying, Hey, it's, it's, uh, you know, we need to do something different and it's not working out. Your the performance numbers aren't there. And I, I, I you know, it's, it's a mixed bag. It really is. But, um, I guess, you know, the, the key takeaway is, uh, is, uh, the ad reads need to be great because we're still in that, that performance based, uh, world where, um, 
you need to really sell the listener on on the product so you can track it with a URL or a vanity or a promo code. But when it works, it works really well. And, and you guys know what shows work. Some of our shows work really, really well. And that's when the brands continue to re-up them and everyone's happy. And, and the other thing I wanted to say was that this... If the ads are read well, listeners love it, especially when they're funny. I love I love the Pod Save America guys. They do a great job with their with their reads. Uh, I you know I'll I'll plug one of my shows, Endless Honeymoon, with with uh, Moshe Kasher and Natasha Legere. I think their reads are amazing, as are uh, um, uh, Missy Piles and Constance Zimmer uh, uh, reads on uh, the Motherload, their uh, their parenting show. So um, yeah, when you and then and you and you guys have seen this when you you know when you guys re up on on the ads and new brands are coming in, that means everything everyone's everything's working. And then and I love it when I get Twitter messages or uh, or you see Instagram messages saying how much they loved a certain ad. You know, and I'm, I know you guys love that as well. I have one very specific example of that that has just stuck with me throughout the years. It's Risk. He sings a song. He wrote a song for Stamps.com. And I heard that at his live shows, the audience actually requests that song and they all sing it together. Amazing. <laughs> I love that. That's incredible. See, that works. I know that brands are... are uh, are finally becoming aware of the fact that podcast ads are working. I think that we're going to see more thoughtful ad campaigns as well, uh, more integrated ads. There's there's a lot that's going to happen in 2020 and 2021. With that in mind, I'm curious, you know, we've talked about how important it is for ads to be authentic and, you know, engaging. What are some ways that your hosts might inject their own brand of creativity into their ad reads? I mean, that is dependent on the host. I I feel that the host reads should be really in the voice of the host and the podcast. I don't I don't think that it should be jarring. I feel that it should be natural. Even you know, even though Bill Simmons when he when he goes to a break, he says we're gonna go to a break and there's a quick flash, but it still feels like you're still listening to a continuation of the podcast when he does his ad reads. And I like how he does his. He does a combination of he reads some copy and then he does his own little uh, little editorial on his own. Then he goes back to some copy. But my my favorite are the ones where there's two co-hosts where there's two hosts and they and they have the back and forth. So it really depends on the style of the show and and the host's voice. But uh, but it's it it is an art form. It's hard to do well. This has been really great. I've really enjoyed speaking with you, and and I really thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you both so much, and please say hello to Christine and Steve and who am I missing? Marshall, Russell, and Kurt and Jennifer and everyone else. I just wanted to say to everyone listening that. I love, love, love working with ad results. You guys do an amazing job and I hope uh, we can continue to be partners for years and years to come. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe for updates on future episodes and leave us a comment with your feedback, questions, or ideas for future segments. Be sure to join us next time as we dive into our newest series, Sound Matters, covering the importance of sound equipment and environment. If you would like more info on Ad Results Media and what we do, please visit our website at adresultsmedia.com. This podcast was written by Lindsay Boyd and Nathan Spell, with sound mixing and editing by Freddie Trejo. This podcast is an Ad Results Media production.